Testing, one, two, three, testing. Hello? Is anyone out there? Is anyone out there? I'm looking for anyone. Anyone? Please, anyone, respond. Help needed. Can anybody hear me? Help needed. If you can hear, please respond. Please respond. Welcome to HeroClix Borderlands. I'm your host, Jay McClure, bringing you the meta-casual perspective on HeroClix. Sharing my insights, thoughts, and experiences with other players who love this awesome game at all levels. Whether you are playing a casual home game or local tournament or at a regional or national event taking on meta teams, this podcast is for you. All questions, comments, or suggestions can be sent to lostinclicks at gmail.com. That is L-O-S-T-I-N-C-L-I-X at gmail.com. Or send it to ColossusTN on HC Realms. Or you can look at our new HeroClix Borderlands Facebook page and join that. This is episode 10, Bring Out Your Dead Pool. In this episode, I will be going over an 800-point team I played at my local venue, reviewing the case that I bought of Deadpool and what I got and how I liked it, redoing the mechanics uh, part of episode 9, since we had such technical difficulty on that, and... We will also be looking at my story arc challenge team. That was the challenge for last week. A 300-point modern limited team based around a story arc comic book. And we will also be introducing our keeping it fresh scenario section. So let's get the dice rolling. This is my week in review. Before we get started, I just wanted to apologize first for the way I sound right now. I'm currently fighting a cold and trying to stay hydrated, but if I sound stopped up and a little bit different, that's why. Also, I'd like to apologize for last week's podcast as we've had some technical difficulties, and I don't know why I keep saying we. I had technical difficulties. I'm in the process of correcting them. I'll talk about those later, but one just wanted to apologize going in, kind of letting you know where I'm at. Okay, what did I end up doing HeroClix-wise this past week? Well, we know I got a case midweek, and I'm going to kind of go over that in our next section, which is the main topic I want to go over today, which is the Deadpool case that I bought. But otherwise, I'd like to go over a team I played last Saturday. The last Saturday in February, I had the opportunity to either drive two and a half miles, I mean two and a half miles, two and a half hours away and playing a Deadpool release, or... I could go to my local venue and play in a, in a 800-point modern casual game. Well, it's going to be a tournament, but it's going to be 800 points. So, kind of at a hard decision right then. 
because I also had a commitment to go help out my church in a youth um, event they were doing. I was going to have to help clean. I was going to have to be back by 8 o'clock, and the event didn't start until 1. So I was really worried about being able to get back in time and, and maintain my commitment. So I ended up going to my local venue. And to be honest, that probably was the best decision I made. Number one, I was going ahead and getting a case. So I don't know, other than playing the new stuff, I didn't know that it would be that beneficial other than meeting other players, which is huge for me. However, at my local venue with this game going on, I was I was very pleased to see that we had nine people come out. And that's awesome. As our venue seems to be growing, it used to be like four or five, maybe six come out now. We're starting to get a stronger contingent out. I kind of put together a team I thought would be kind of fun to play. I put um, a 250-point Supreme Intelligence on the team because I've been wanting to play him to see what he's like. I thought the OmniWave projector or whatever it's called where he can shoot anybody on the map, but he's locked at three damage. would be kind of fun. His zero movement where he just stands still seemed interesting. My theme was, and it's a very loose theme, but I did have a uh, generic theme team, but it was a robot keyword. And on that team, I had Supreme Intelligence. I had an Alloy and all the Metal Men, except for one Platinum, to be able to pop out of them if he got down to his last click. I also had Metallo on the robot keyword and the Red Tornado. And Solaris, that's 25-point Colossal Retaliation. So those were my five characters on the team. Give me a plus five to initiative. I took it. I didn't know how good it would play. I just going out there to have fun. I really expected to see a lot of Hypersonic, maybe some Colossals. Well... Show up, and there's nine people at the event. A lot of great teams out there. And, oh, one last thing on my team. I had this thought with, uh, since I had all robots, I would name this team the Rise of the Machine, like Terminator. Now, it is a mixed Marvel and DC universe, so it's not a theme you would find in either one of those, but I was playing it like it was a Terminator scenario, and the machines had risen up. And just for fun... I threw on an ID card. It was Iron Man ID card, and I was going to call in Avengers Assemble Iron Man at 242 points. I, I called him the creators of the machines. So anyway, it's just my own little theme, my own little fun thing to play. Really didn't really expect a lot. Now, in the first match, I was kind of worried. I came up against an Avengers team. Now, Lucas, he's a really cool guy that uh, has been getting into hero clicks and very, very cool. I don't know. I believe I mentioned him before when I played him before. Wants to learn the rules. Very stringent about if he messes up to just go ahead and play out that decision that he messed up and find out how he could have done it better. Really love playing Lucas, and he's getting a lot better. He is a Marvel fanboy, though. Won't play DC. Loves Marvel. Loves to run the Avengers. And right across from me were the Avengers. But he was Black Knight, Hulk, 250-point Hulk, off of the Avengers Age of Ultron movie. He also had Scarlet Witch off that same movie. And he had the 242-point Iron Man just like I did. We ended up squaring off, and I was like, whoa. Higher mobility than me. Hulk is very scary because of his rage tokens. In the end, I put us on the office map. Love premium maps. Love the WizKids office. Thought it would be a great place to go hide Solaris. And to keep supreme intelligence there. Ended up uh, just kind of maneuvering out. Putting Alloy out there with Metallo uh, being carried by Red Tornado. Sidestepping, carrying Metallo, moving up slowly. 
And really, what what went on in the game was basically me targeting Scarlet Witch as she came trying to pound down the down the map and just wiping her out with that supreme intelligence, being able to target anybody on the map, just three damage, three damage. He had made a mistake in not carrying Scarlet Witch with his giant uh, Hulk, which would have kept them together. So I ended up uh, being able to take her out, which gave me 55 points. And then from that point on, it was pretty much maneuvering. I maneuvered Alloy and Metallo to the left side of the map, towards the left bottom. He tried to bring his figures over there. We got into a pretty much a slugfest in the corner left room. He charged in on Alloy with Hulk with an ultra heavy object, sitting on, getting ready to do, I believe, nine damage, eight or nine damage. And I'm sitting there going, oh, no. And what do I do? Roll shape change. And that's huge. The 19 defense on Alloy, his shape change, and his ability uh, for Metallo to up his stats gave me a team that was very hard to hit. In the end, time got called. We were all bunched up in that room, hammering each other. Metallo had taken some damage. Red Tornado had not. Alloy had taken some damage, but was still standing tall with his Invincible and Iron Man, I had almost crippled his Iron Man. I was sitting there, there and I kept forgetting to use my Iron Man card. Uh, they had two characters on the uh, board that could use them as Supreme Intelligence and Alloy. And I never did come to an opportunity where I could use them. Not in any of my games, I never used them. Now, after that, I won, but only by 55 points. So I ended up facing a top Oh, and one person who had earned a lot of points, and that was Jeff. And Jeff uh, won initiative. He had a mind-control team, and when I looked at that team, I said, oh, wow, this is going to be fun, and I'm going to have to really play a very good game to even come away with any kind of points. Uh, a mind-control team where you use the other people's figures to actually uh, damage them is a great idea, especially in this higher point game. That became a challenge. So I started... That game on a map, I forget what it is, it's wide open train, has some water on it. But Jeff put me on that map. But on his side, he had that Despero. He also had Gorilla Grodd. He had the um, uh, Shaggy Man. So his team was kind of built around an Injustice League thing and was looking to mind control and kill you with your own pieces. He won map roll. He decided to choose a wide open train. Uh, I don't know which one it is, but the one he chose was pretty wide open, had some water and swamp areas. I wish I could remember it, but it was just pretty much one level straight across, had a, a little blocking train to the right. <clears throat> I kind of set up my team and just cautiously moved him up, staying just out of his range. Jeff did what he's supposed to do, which is push himself up into range and force me to actually come out and take a shot at something. Now, along the way, Supreme Intelligence did what Supreme Intelligence does, which is it started picking off some of his support pieces. Took out Dr. Shivana and then started picking on Dr. Psycho. Started to really weather down his, his squad. And then it came to the important time in which he had moved Despero up to within range. I TK'd Metallo out for a single target pulse wave hit. And then pretty much didn't have anybody else around Metallo. So that even though if he could mind control him, he didn't have anything he'd really do. is out of his range and all that. And then Alloy moved up next turn after I'd finished off with Dr. Psycho. And it turned into a big brawl in the middle 
And Gorilla Grodd really gave me trouble. Uh, my outwit was uh, being kind of frustrated with him, with his ability that if you roll off for the outwit, and if he wins, you can't use outwit for the rest of the turn. Great thing about Supreme Intelligence, he has three outwits. And Solaris has one. So I had four outwits. And I actually went out there and tried to outwit something on Gorilla Grodd with my last outwit from Supreme Intelligence, failed the roll, and then everything outwitted went away. But some lucky rolls on my part, getting his team hammered with his support early, ended that game sliding to me. It took a lot of points from him. I believe it was over 600. Uh, ended up finally taking out, I think Gorilla Grodd was the only one left. Took out Despero, Shaggy Man, Dr. Psycho, Dr. Shivano. He might have had something else on his team, but ended up just mopping everything else up and time got called. So that put me in my last match. I'm, I'm 2-0. My point total starting to climb. And I go up against Dylan. Uh, I played against Dylan a couple of times, and he hadn't been around in a while, and he showed back up. It was great seeing him again. And he brought more of a swarm team. It wasn't themed, so I was able to win the map roll and put us back on the office. However, his swarm team included the new Batman, Major Force, Alcourt Assassin, another Alcourt guy, forget who it was, and oh, Bronze Tiger, and I forget somebody else. Well, that's what happens when you're a little bit sick. You know, you can't, your memory has a little trouble. But in that case, that game turned into a very troublesome game. His ability to attack me on many fronts really hurt my team. I was having to decide who Supreme Intelligence would try to pick off with uh, my um, long-range attack. And it ended up being... The way it kind of worked out is I was finally able to knock Batman out, but he had Bronze Tiger up into uh, position. He brought Major Force up there, and I had totally forgot what Major Force does, and I cracked him open, I hit him, and we're in this little hallway, and then all of a sudden he's starting to poison. And if I knocked him down any further, his poison would actually grow and his penetrating damage, so that was a touchy situation all of a sudden. I had knocked out quite a few of his pieces, um... Batman was gone. Bronze Tiger was gone. The assassins had come up from behind, taken a pot shot at Alloy and hit him, which was pretty incredible. And I had moved Solaris up to base him, Pulse Waving, put an extra token on him, and keep them kind of tied up as I handled everything else. And they had trouble with Solaris, and I started poking at them with Supreme Intelligence. In the end, uh, time got called, but uh, once again, I scored over 400 points when time was called. Given me a 3-0 and record, it was a really great time against all those guys, and given me a lot of points. There was one other person, 3-0, and but we'd already played three games, and people were going to have to leave, so we weren't going to play a fourth game. And so it was just kind of, um, it was kind of like, we kind of made a mutual decision, and they decided just to give me the tournament win, which... I wish I could have played Steven. Steven's another guy who had won his other game. He had a shield team with Steve Rogers and Nick Fury and a couple other shield things that was doing some shenanigans that was kind of neat, would have been neat to play against. Also, Kevin, another great guy who's been starting to come. He had the two-in-one team that had lost to Steven on a on a tiebreaker, the way I heard it. They tied up, exact same amount of points they'd both taken out at the end of time. He had a, I'm trying to remember it, and I'm not. 
it looked like a pretty neat team. Oh, Age of Apocalypse X-Men. I was like, man, I'd like to play against that. I think that'd be fun. Had all of them. Colossus, one of my favorite figures, Colossus, with the Wolverine, with the Age of Apocalypse Magneto, the Age of Apocalypse Sunfire. I was like, all right. That looks like a pretty cool team to play against. And unfortunately, it's just the way the rounds kind of get set up and the way everything goes. I wasn't able to play against them. Those are like really fun teams. I mean, there's several teams there that look fun to play against. Anton, another guy at the venue, brought a pure Ultron drone team with a Phalanx drone being at its full point leading the army and some other drones, uh, Ultrons being at full points. Who is it? Brian Magaha. Brian, who's at our venue, he brought his uh, cyber is it the Cyber Spider-Man for the Superior Foes of Spider-Man? Oh, I wanted another piece of him after Brian had really hammered me last time we had played, uh, just outmaneuvered me and everything. I wanted a piece of that that Spider-Man. I wasn't able to play against him. wasn't able to see how his team did. So that was, that was a disappointment a little bit. You know, you wish you could play everybody, but you can't. But it, it, it was fun. It was a fun time. I really believe that playing against live humans – in front of each other is a great way to grow the game of hero clicks. And it was, it was just fun. It's fun to get back in the venue. It's fun to meet with guys I see all the time. And really, it was really fun to talk to them and see how they're really trying to grow the sport. And I call it a sport, but the game, they're trying to grow it. They're inviting people. They're talking out rules or they're talking about teams. And so I've been living in this area for a while. And back in 2003, when this came out, I was working for my buddy at his store, and he was selling Heroclix, and we started uh, doing a judge there and having events there. And since his store closed, there were a few events at another store, and they, they have kind of gone away. So it's been several years here in which events haven't been as numerous. And this resurgence of the community, the resurgence of people who love Heroclix, who love to play it, who want to play it, who have fun playing against each other and don't cause issues with the game, meaning that they're great guys to play against. Nobody's trying to be a jerk or anything like that. And some variety of builds. So that is really just something great that's happening around my area. And I hope it continues to grow because the the bigger that community grows, the better I will get because of the variety of people. If, if we keep on top of the rules, we, we do the things that like we as kids wants us to do, then I just, just can't see why we won't be able to groom some people or – have some people that can actually raise raise their game up into what I consider a national level. And maybe that's me being optimistic. I mean, really, uh, Kevin had created a closed group Facebook page for us. He invited me to it. And on it, he's posting articles. He's uh, sharing stuff with us. We're having discussions. We're talking about other tournaments we want to run. And it's just neat to see that there's a growing community out there. And I, Kudos to Kevin for starting that and really getting us talking. The more we talk about Heroclix, the better we'll understand it, the more fun we'll have when we get together, and the larger that community will grow. And with my, and this is the selfish part of me, as that community grows, it improves me. And if my goal is to go to Origins and do well, I need a good local venue to help hone my game and support me. And these guys are doing great. As as we keep going forward, it will... Uh, you know, I'm hoping it will just continue. I'm hoping we get up to 11 or 12 guys attending. I hope we keep that enthusiasm. I hope we keep the ability to, you know, reach out and want to help each other and, and just have fun with the game. Uh, and it's not all on just the players. I mean, the store owner is being great. He's keeping product in. He has a great play area. He's very easy to work with. 
Uh, he gives us some breaks on some hero clicks. He supports us. He doesn't really interfere the way we kind of run our matches, but is always encouraging, always there to support. And, you know, that's just as important to have a venue. That's one to one to be active, to keep your game alive. And, you know, understand that the more people they get playing it, the more product they can sell. And to cut breaks to the players is a great way to bring in loyalty. And I'm, I'm just going to say, if you have a local venue that's supporting events and they're very fair with you and really looking to support the community, you should support them. And I, I spend most of my money on Heroclix at his store. I might pick and choose some singles off the eBay market because I don't want to buy a whole nother case. But my major purchases all come through him. He always sets it aside for me, and it's just great. And he gives me a great deal on it. So some love out to Wayne's World in Kingsport. Great place to play. And, you know, and the guys out there, they're really growing that. Uh, I've just kind of lucked into it. I started going, and they've really reached out and started growing it. And there's some really great guys coming, and it's becoming a real community. And you don't need many to have a community. I think you need more than six. Above six makes it feel like it's a it's a group. It's just like on a basketball team. Six people, there's not enough momentum. But, you know, like you get ten, seven to ten, and it feels like you're a team. And it, even though we're all coming together, it feels like we're a group together. And it's been pretty cool. Now, I also have started Heroclix Borderlands Facebook page. If you go to Facebook and search on at Heroclix Borderlands, you can find it, you can like it, you can follow it. I'm going to be posting some stuff out there. You can comment on that. Uh, just my way to kind of get a little bit more dialogue, communication. I think communication is important, especially where I want to go. My overall goal is to go to Origins and just have a great time and meet a bunch of people and actually uh, compete really well. And I, I don't think I can do it in isolation. And as my venue's growing, that's great. And then I like to have the other community to grow also. Here's some shout outs. It seems like this podcast has gotten picked up in several countries. So we're international. I know it's hard to believe, but Canada, people in Puerto Rico, guy just emailed me the other day, Michael, great hearing from you on email. Love that you're listening. He's in Puerto Rico, uh, running that Puerto Rico Heroclix League. I have some, some people in Japan, at least one person in Japan. It looks like Spain's starting a little bit. Somebody in Sweden. I mean, it's awesome. I'm glad everybody's starting to listen. Starting to get some hits from around the world, uh, Australia, UK, all around the world. Love of Heroclix for me should span the entire world. So I think I think that's great. With that being said, let's get to the Deadpool case. Now let's get to the important stuff. Yes, the day of the case had arrived. Uh, most of you know that the case actually arrived on February 28th, but as a school teacher, I was always having trouble getting down there. I had an actual class I had to go to till 6 o'clock. So Wednesday was always my day to go pick up my case and kind of go through it. I, I was hoping to be able to go through it that day. Well, lucky, lucky me. Uh, I won't say lucky. We had some uh, violent storms come across Tennessee, and our school system had decided to let out early. I was going to get out about, kids were going to get out at 1230. I had to stay there till 2. And I thought, well, I'll just run to Kingsport, which is about a 45-minute drive, pick up my case and come back home, and I'll have it and get ready for it. So happened, the storm started moving quicker. We actually got out of school sooner. I was actually on the road at 1230, driving straight to 
Dwayne's. I was going, I am going to go get it. Rain coming down. It really wasn't that bad. I burst. There were some shower bursts, but everything seemed okay. It wasn't white rain or anything like that. So I ended up and I parked. I go inside, and Dwayne had set back a case. Fast forces, my dice and tokens had. I was hooked up. So I go in there, and I'm like, okay, let's go ahead and buy it. And I bought it. Uh, we looked around the store a little bit more, bought a few Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, pulled a uh, Donatello, a super rare Donatello, so that was awesome. I think it's super rare. No, might might have been rare. Anyway, I, I built him on my Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle team for last week, so I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. Pull him out of a single. So I got my case, got it wrapped up, and the skies unleashed. Rain was coming down as hard as I've ever heard it come down. It was windy. So here I am in the midst of all these storms, carrying my case to my car, putting it in the car, driving home. Once I get home, you would think I'd sit down and just bust it open because it's like Christmas Day. I mean, anytime you get a Heroclix case, it's like Christmas. Every booster's a new surprise. You can't wait to get to them. But I decided to hold off. My wife loves opening them also. And I decided to use that time to get prepared for the opening of the boosters. So I went to the Dollar Tree and bought sandwich bags, a marker, and a tub to put the Heroclix in. Now, I used to be very finicky in how I stored my Heroclix. I used to put them in the uh, fishing tackle things, but I have gotten away from that. I now use these big tubs. Now, I used to not put their cards with them. I'd put the cards in a separate one. But now I keep cards and figures all together so that if I'm looking for a particular figure, I have everything in one box. I just pull the box out. I have all my cards there. If I want to put them back up, I'll put the cards back up. I used to be very anal about getting them in order. you got to be asking yourself, so why are you waiting? Because my wife loves opening them. I love opening them with her. It's a thing we share. She loves finding super rares. And, you know, it just makes it easier when I go purchase cases if she's involved. That night we went and ate supper, done our thing that we do with her parents. So it's Wednesday night. We get home. It's pretty early, 8 o'clock, and we start cracking the boosters. Now, what I do with these sandwich bags is I went ahead, and every time I pulled a booster out, I gave a sandwich bag a number. When you open up the booster the cards from that booster would go into that sandwich bag. And I'll go over what that's all about. And I have a ritual. As I open stuff up, I start lining them up in rows of 10. So 1 through 10 goes in a row, 11 through 20, 21 through 30, 31 through 40, 41 through 50, 50 on up. They all go in these rows. And it's kind of a tally. And I separate the rows out so I can put the duplicates off to the side, to the right or left. So it's got these vertical rows going back. And I, and I can keep track if I've gotten all the figures or not. So I started bu- busting everything open. You know, the first thing you're hoping for is a Ultra Chase. And I'll go over why. Because that would have been a neat dilemma to be in. As I'm opening it, start looking at the figures, pulling stuff out. Now, you might be asking yourself, why are you putting the cards in numbered bags, Shay? Why, what in the world are you doing? Well, my buddy's going to come down from Indiana. I talked about him, Mark. One thing we love to do is play Sealed. Well, it's very hard to play sealed. You have to go buy a product all the time. So usually what I'll do is either keep track. I used to keep track of what I got in each booster. I used to write it out. Way too much trouble. So now what I, I'm doing is, is I'm going to put them in sealed bags, the cards, and then we'll roll probably a 20-sided dice. And whatever number you get is the booster you get. And then you get to, we'll probably do two and make a team from there. Now, this is where I love the cards. 
the new cards make it so much easier to build a sealed environment team. I mean, you have to kind of look at some stuff, but just from the cards, I can see the dial. I can see the point cost. I can see the range. I see everything I need to know. And I can kind of build my team based around that. And it's a lot better than just having to have all the dials memorized. In sealed, the cards are amazing. I think that that is one huge advantage. And that goes to a new player, being able to pull a card out and say, oh, okay, this is what this character is like. And being able to know how to play it. That's what I love about the cards right now. And I love that I can put them in a bag. I can give them to Mark, his two boosters that he rolls. He can look through the cards, find the cards he really wants to play with, make sure they add up to 300, and then dig through the box to get those figures. Instead of pulling every figure out that came out of that box, he'll make a decision and put the others aside. I just think it's just easier that way, and that's a great thing. That's a great thing to have the uh, kind of cards for it. You know, that's my ritual, the way I love to do it. I sit in my floor. I do it. We have a uh, coffee table that's long enough to handle all the hero clicks. My wife was putting the cards in the bag, handing me the figures, and I was putting them up there. She kept saying, did you get this one yet? No, yes. And not, I mean, there were some duplicates down on the common end, but I did notice that my rares, the ones I'm missing, were in a clump. And, you know, I later heard that there were some collation issues that WizKids is trying to address. So, first impressions, figures themselves look neat. They really do. Really good figures. I went, I consider Hammer of Thor to be some of the best and Arkham Asylum to be some of the best produced figures. That that right there that right there is the highest quality figures. I, I wouldn't rank it up there, Hammer of Thor. It's up there as a good set to visually look at. A variety of characters is neat. Uh finding the Deadpools. All the different Deadpools is kinda of hard. I believe I finished a Heroes for Hire team along with their alternates, uh the Deadpool core. I think I got both of them. I got every one of their alternate costumes, so that was kinda of neat. The poker chips, really nice. I love the poker chips. I don't know if I like the kind of shiny thing that they're doing with the pictures, but, you know, it can grow on me. Um, I like to see a very detailed picture, but they have that shiny kind of, I don't know what you call it, glittery or something. I don't know, sheen to them. But but they're pretty nice. The dice are really cool with the Deadpool logo on the sixes. Um, so what it comes down to is what did I pull? Uh Really, I, I pulled all the common. I pulled all the uncommons. It's, the rares were the tough ones. Interesting, my case had a Sheikla and then the super rare Sheikla. I think that's why it's called Sheikla. Had both of them in the same case. That gave you a chance in a sealed environment to potentially pull those two together because they can play off each other. It's always nice. So, but... I wouldn't call that my best pull. Okay, the things I got that I really liked. I got two chases. In a case, I got two chases. The two chases I got, and I'll start there. It wasn't an ultra chase. It wasn't, but I got Golden Age Deadpool and Pulp Deadpool. Both pretty interesting and neat figures. One's 75 and the other one's 100. And the one came with the Stealth comic book panel, and the other one came with Smoke Cloud. So those kind of go together. So that's pretty neat. So I have some chases that can actually work together. Cable was very common. So you, everybody should get in a case, get a cable. I pulled a Dark Deadpool, which was a huge one of mine. I think he's going to be a huge factor. Who else? Living Brain. Got him. Got a dupe. Did not get a dead girl. Didn't. Got a whiz kid, the prime whiz kid. And Mistress Death. And a, let me see. Anybody else? Got Howard the Duck. He's interesting. 
I did not get a Squirrel Girl. And I didn't get a Colossus. So those I'm probably going to have to purchase on the secondary market. I'm actually looking at those. But the others were awesome. Really love them. Sculpt's really good. I, I like how they kind of combine together. I also got a title character. The 060 Merc with the mouth. Deadpool. That is awesome. I mean, you can see it up close. He's up against, I think it's Anarchist. Who is that guy? Oh, I, I am not. Don't kill me, but I'm not a big Deadpool reader. So, in this case, I'm not going to know these figures as well. Let me see. He is figure number... Okay, I forget. He's the guy with the big A on him. He's on the... Gulp, getting ready to get stomped by Deadpool, and you also got Terror on there, and you got Tombstone. And it's pretty neat, good detail. Love the Deadpool belt buckle he has. His uh, position in the sculpt looks really cool. I mean, pulling one of those, I think it's huge because he's only 70 points. I think he can make an impact. I think Wizkid can make an impact. I'm actually, I pulled out, let me see, just looking at it, top of my head. I pulled out 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 figures I felt could see some kind of support or primary role in upcoming meta teams. And I, I kind of go into those more depth later. But really looking at this, this set brings a lot of diversity. I think as the meta changes, this set could make a bigger and bigger impact. And I want to thank Jesse. I want to thank Jesse for sending me an email asking about retirement. I didn't really make it clear. I am not an expert. I just go by what I've known in the past and what I read online. I don't ever assume to be an expert. I just want to get the information out. But as he pointed out, up until last year, retirement happened after Worlds. My assumption is that they'll do the same thing they did last year, which was around March 28th. They decided to announce that on June 1st, these sets will retire. I anticipate that to happen again, and if that happens, then I really feel that Trinity War is gone. I feel like Flash is gone. Some power sets are going to be leaving. Avengers Symbol is gone. Age of Ultron could end up like Guardians of the Galaxy, where they let them retire in July instead of June, which kept them eligible for Worlds, but who knows? So that's really what we're kind of waiting on, especially if you're a person looking at Worlds um, next year's highly competitive environment. Retirement's going to happen soon. A lot of information's coming out of WizKids right now. And I believe if retirement happens, like I think it will, and I'm not sure, but if it does happen in which some of those sets start going away, and I would say Avengers symbols on down, if Age of Ultron also goes away, then you're going to see a bigger impact from some of these sets they've released later, and I think you'll see a bigger variety. Jakeem Thunder's going to be there. He's going to be there, but I think you're going to be able to deal with him better without the Rock of Eternity or Pandora's box. But that's where we're going. So here's the thing. Is the case worth it? Sheer fun factor? Yeah. There's some really fun pieces. There's some neat things like the shifting focus Deadpool. All the animals. Dupe. Looks like a fun piece. Living brain. There's a, over half of these seem like to be fun pieces in sealed or casual games. Competitive game. I, I'm feeling, I believe there's quite a few pieces that's going to be in the meta. I think it's worth it. Chases. Specifically, are all very good. So I think they almost make the case worth it. Like I said, it's all about supporting your local venue. If you have a local venue that gives you tournaments and has a good fair price, it's about going out and supporting them to keep the hero clicks alive. 
the dilemma that you can find, you can run into, is going to be if you pull that ultra chase. I think the last time I looked, they were going for about 200, 225. I don't see that being played in a meta environment or not being a broken figure. It can be played, but I don't see it as a game-changing figure. So in that case, I would probably would have sold it. I think its price has gone down, but in the first week, it was over 300 it had sold. And now it's about, I think last time I checked, it was $200. That, to me, can almost buy me a case of Avengers Defenders War, which I really want also. So, you know... If you pulled the Ultra Chase, would you keep it? The collector in me says, yeah, that'd be cool. You could pull it out. The overall collector in me goes, wow, that can pay for your next case, and you better get it in while it's hot because when that price starts dropping, it'll still be a good price, but it won't be as big an impact as right now. Let me pull it up right now. I'll pull one up, see where they're at. They're hanging around $200. You can now get them for about $200, fast and free shipping, 194 There's some 310s, but I don't see them selling let me filter to sold items. That's all I want. Thank you. 300, 195, 189. A best offer, 193, 375. Don't know why anybody paid that much. 193, 50, 190. So you're going to settle in a little bit less than a case, but you know what? I don't know. I don't. Maybe it will make a huge impact. Maybe I don't see the potential of it. It looks cool as a collector. I'm like, man, that is one cool sculpt. But as, I also know that this will drop in value and I can pick it up cheaper and my return in investment is even higher and the ability to get more cases. I did read online where somebody bought four cases and pulled four of these. That's a nice problem to have. But if it's been me, I'm going to go and tell you I'd probably sell it. It'd been on eBay the next day and me try to get about 220 so I can buy another case. I mean, what would you do? I'll put that out there on the Facebook. What would you do? Would you buy? Would you keep the chase or would you sell it? why would you keep it? Uh, why would you sell it? I've told you my reasons. I don't think it's going to be that competitive. I am not, I don't know everything. People break pieces all the time. They find a way to do it. But to me, that piece is overpriced and I would probably sell. The case was fun to open. Love doing it with my wife. I now have this whole box of figures I want to play. I can't wait to play and just want to get at it with them. One thing though is that I'm also trying to build some new teams with the thought of new retirement. I think I'm going I'm to try and build something from the Deadpool. I'm, I'm trying to go more theme teams with my competitive teams. I think map choice is going to become bigger and bigger, a bigger and bigger deal. I want to figure out how to put Mistress Death on a team. She's one-third of the team cost. But if she hits somebody, then she puts a token on them. And for the rest of the game, all damage done to them is doubled. That's huge. That's huge huge that's extra damage for a 100 point piece and then she can come back and where she was doing two damage to him now she's doing four and she's got pulse wave and 10 movement but she's a walker she has the cosmic team ability so that's when i want to get on team dupe at 90 points i don't know but 35 a micro character that has the ability to do some random stuff that we're going to go over here in a little while and you know it's interesting to me really interesting he's going to have some capabilities and we'll see and he can carry other micro characters because he's a flyer hip monkey oh my 40 points for a guy and can shoot and sidestep stealth running shot 10 attack with precision strike but if he attacks somebody with precision strike it's plus one to attack and plus one to damage he's got two damage six range 17 defense with 
super senses and he's micro sized and he's an animal keyword. I mean, these are all great pieces. Domino with her ability to, if she makes you reroll, which she can as a trait, then you take a minus one to attack and minus one to damage. She can sit there and keep making you, she can make you reroll. And if you have to reroll again, you'll still continue to go down. So she can neuter pieces by just making them reroll. And Wiz Kid at 25 points, I don't know, people are looking right past him, but I know he can't carry anybody, he's a flyer, but his ability to, let me pull him up right quick, he, he's got me excited, because such a low investment value can give you some stuff. Uh, he is, ah, I need to get more organized. I tried to go through the cards, but that's, that's one of the mistakes, if I'm not putting them in order, it's hard to find the cards, because I still have them set up for the the uh, sealed game. So I'm trying to keep them all together. But let's look at, who did I say? Wizkid. Okay, he's at the bottom. Let's see. I'm in the thread. They don't have it updated on the unit section in HC Realms, but so I'm in the thread. Uh, let me see. Let's see, Wizkid has no team ability. Five range, 25 points. He's got three clicks. got an 18 defense, 17 defense, 16 defense with toughness. He has seven movement, six, six. On the six movement, he's got sidestep. He has no special attack powers there at nine. He's got special defense powers. His, his, I'm not defense, but damage. His damage is two, two, one. Can't use carry ability. But here's his thing. Technoform your weapons. It's going to be on every click. Adjacent friendly characters modify their attack, range, and damage value by plus one. Super enhancement for 25 points. Range, attack, and damage. Huge. Better than enhancement with shield, because he's also pumping up your attack. So him with a major uh, shooting piece mm, can make it pretty good. And I'm I'm telling you, like the one I'm looking at is Pulp Deadpool. He's got ten movement. Pull him up. He's my chase. I pull. So everybody's great about Champion Pull, who he's pretty awesome, and Hulk Pull. But let's see, Golden Age. Here it is. Now I wanted Pirate Deadpool. I didn't get him. Or pull captain. But pulp Deadpool, let's see. He can use charge, plasticity, and running shot. Awesome. Slows down hypersonic. That's cool. So he's got 10 movement with that. He's got 12 attack. 12 attack. 18 defense with super senses and 3 damage with RC. You put him next to Wizkid for 125 points. Now you have a figure that is 8 range, 2 lightning bolts, 4 damage with RC, 13 attack. With precision strike. And his associated panel gives him stealth. What's not to love about that? I mean, really? I mean, that's 125 points. That's a good 125 point piece. The problem will be is that WizKids is not, does not have the best. He's got initiative and X factor. That's his only keywords. So to get him on the theme team is going to be a little bit harder. Pulp Deadpool has better keywords, but just looking at that, I mean, that's some potential there. And looking at Merc with the Mouth, we'll go over in my next part, which is the review of some of the figures and mechanics out of Deadpool. It's an awesome night of opening. Uh, now I'm kind of come down like after Christmas. You've had, you've got everything. You're like, all oh, right, I can't wait to play with him. And I look around and we don't have a tournament for another week. And I'm like, ah. Oh. So I'm going to have to start doing team building. And with it not in the unit section, it's a little bit harder. But I'm really excited about putting some teams together and really pushing this Deadpool uh, set and seeing if it can't make an impact at the higher level. And I think 
impact is really needed. And I believe that I'm going to go on my personal soapbox. It's my opinion. Take, take note of it. But I believe that the impact of sets is really determined by the player base. And you just have to have some courage to go try out some pieces that normally people aren't playing to see if they work. Get destroyed with them, get destroyed. But I think there's a lot of pieces out there that people haven't broken yet. And you just have to go out there and dig. And there's some combinations that will work. You're not going to work on everything, but it'll give you an order of attack and, and plan. And it can surprise. I think the surprise factor is huge, especially as people start gravitating to the same team over and over again, the Jakeem Thunder teams. While they're very tough, they're also, you know how they're going to be played. If they don't know how yours is going to be played, that's going to make a big difference. So, Last thing I want to talk about, WizKids putting out all kinds of new news. I'm going to try and put it out on the Facebook page. Right now, they're doing some rule changes. Really liking what I see. They're looking to change the way rulings are being worded, the way powers are worded, to make it easier to understand. Uh, They did a great article on that. You need to read it. A little scary because you're like, oh, wow, is is it going to simplify the game too much? That's the one thing you don't want. This game is great because of the complexity and the fun of it. But if you simplify it too much, then it's going to lose its competitive edge. So there's a balance there, and it looks like they're trying to hit it. And the first big article where they talk about mechanics that they're going to change, some rules are going to change. And I thought I'd mention to you all, y'all need to go out there and look at them, see what y'all think about them. Love to hear how y'all think about them. I'll try and go find the articles and put them out there for you, share them through our Facebook page. Is that they have changed theme team, mastermind, and leadership. Now, these changes don't occur until after Worlds. And it's going to be a little while. So they're still saying they're tweaking these changes, but these are some ideas of changes they're coming up with. So you're going to see a major, not only shift in the meta due to new sets retiring, but the new way powers are going to play out. But the three powers that we're looking at are theme team, mastermind, and leadership. Okay, what they're doing to theme team is to simplify it a little bit. On a generic theme team, just like normal, you just get a roll to initiative. But on the keyword theme team, that's the one with the you know, like initiative, X factor, those that pieces that share those team themes, those specific keyword teams, like Justice League of America. You get as many theme teams as you do, theme team prob controls, as you do members on your team. So if you have a five-member team, you get five theme teams, even if it's just 300 points. However, they're capping it at five. So the max anybody can have is five theme teams kept on one dice. They're very big about keeping it all on one dice. You can keep one dice, and we did it at the tournament. Just take one special dice and turn it over every time you use a theme team prob. Easy way to keep track of your theme team probs. Um, same rules apply as before. Character can only do a theme team prob once uh, per turn. Uh, it has to take a token. It has to have a line of fire to do it. So, But changing theme team make it a little bit easier to understand. They're also changing leadership, and it should be coming out soon. I wouldn't start playing it yet until they officialize it. One great thing is that it automatically adds one to your action as a unique modifier. So if you have two leaderships on your team, you can only get one extra action. That's big. It's a unique modifier to everybody using leadership, so you can only use it once. But if you automatically put somebody with leadership on there, you go from in a 300-point game having three actions to four. That's big on ID call-ins. That's huge on ID call-ins. In games, in sequencing, uh, in basketball, the more actions you get, the more possessions you have, the more potential you have of winning. So I just want to point that out. So that's going to be huge. And also they changed a little bit about leadership. 
when you roll leadership, if you do make it, one thing it will give you is you can remove a token from an adjacent figure of lesser point value or that shares a keyword with you. That's big. So now figures that are more points than the person with leadership can still have a token taken off of them because they share a keyword with the leader, the person rolling leadership. I, I suggest reading those articles. Uh, the big thing they changed on Mastermind is that you can't use super senses on Mastermind or Shape Change. So if you Mastermind damage to a character that has super sense or Shape Change, too bad. They're a hit. And you can't Mastermind damage from anything that is not an attack. So Poison is now going to hurt your Mastermind figures. I'm trying to think. Force Blast I don't think is an attack. So Force Blast and Knockback damage is not going to be able to be Masterminded. So, oh wow, Frogman just got a lot better. His ability to go knock some of the Mastermind people into a wall and just create some, um, the ability to uh, knock them down. And even in that article, they said they've not put Mastermind on a lot of characters because they were worried that those car, those characters are too hard to kill. That looks pretty cool. I say go out there and read it. And then they also have put out there, and I'll go try to find a link to the article. The What If set and the Elseworlds set will be coming out in June and July. And they are a case. And if you buy the case early, then you can buy, you're allowed to get to purchase the incentive, which is $9.99 Colossal Wonder Woman, uh, six inches tall. I don't know what it is on the what if. I didn't really look at it, but that'd be great articles kind of look at. Look at those sets. Uh, Whiskey is going to bombard us with a lot of figures and stuff in, in May with Avengers Defenders. And then what if in Elseworlds in June and July. And I'm thinking Thor is going to be coming out in November. So we're we just going to have to budget up and get ready for it. But anyway, that's what I had to say. Uh, one quick thing about last week's recording issue, Jesse pointed out. I'm trying to now record in sections so I can maybe not run into the problems. Uh, the computer wasn't keeping up with the live recording. That was causing the skipping. I'm going to do some QC, but I'm, you're going to notice I'm putting some music between the sections because I'm having to record them separately and then put them back together. But that's what, that's what my fix is. Hopefully that will help out. And we're going to move on to reviewing some of the Deadpool mechanics. Who can it be knocking at my door? Review of a couple of new mechanics for Deadpool. One new mechanic that the Deadpool set has introduced is the comic panels, and I went over those before. Those comic panels that are added with the chases seem like a neat way to give new powers to the chases. However, the mechanics I want to go over today are the headline mechanic, which is shown on five new characters in the set, and the title character mechanic, which is shown on one new character. Let's go to the headline mechanic first. Uh, there is currently five figures in the set that have the headline mechanic. Each one of those figures come with an extra card. The card is like a magazine cover on the front, and on the back is an advertisement for Heroclix. Love the way they look. Really neat. But that is the card in which you put your headline tokens on. So WizKids went out and gave us a little extra, went in there and did a little more different artwork with it to kind of give it a, like a headline feel. Now, each one of these characters have the keyword of X-Force, Ecstatics, and Celebrity. <clears throat> The headline token is a new mechanic that's introduced by um, each time one of these characters 
hits another character, they are given a headline token. Now the headline token can be removed or it can be used to activate certain abilities. Uh, we can look at the common uh, ecstatic character of you go girl at 40 points she has a 12 10 10 12 movement that has phasing well her power is if she doesn't have any action tokens she can use the carry ability to carry up to four friendly characters that share a name keyword with her ignoring their speed symbols well that's huge so when she is not token she can carry somebody now her headline token lets her gives her a move action as a free action so in my understanding and I'm not all-knowing but the way I would look at it that would allow her to remove a headline token move for free carrying people and because she has no tokens on her and then move for free then move with a power action a move action right after that which would basically give her a range of 20 10 movement I mean 12 movement minus the 2 and then 10 more movement minus the 2 so she's able to flip the map which is huge being able to take your team and flip the map on an opponent is big and that would be an interesting mechanic I believe that's the way it works I'd love to hear from y'all on how you think that that it works with you go girl but there's you go girl dupe anarchist orphan and dead girl now I've gone over Dead Girl, her stop clicks, and her headline token's kind of neat. As soon as she gets one headline token, she's able to start healing one click. And if she gets three, then when she's KO'd, she can go back to click three. Dupe's headline token allows him to use his special power action power, which is a random power that can cause all kinds of mayhem. But he's allowed to use a headline token to re-roll it. Orphan's an interesting one, and he has the ability to actually move tokens from one character to another which could be big if you have one person that is making all the attacks for the ecstatics he can move those tokens around to activate certain effects so this ecstatics team interesting in the fact that they actually add up to 350 points and it's a so could all of them be on a team together uh, they could be in a 400 point match and you'd have to add they all have seems like the X-Force keyword so you'd add another X-Force character 50 points and I don't know how the team would look but be interesting to see the um, so the mechanic looks kind of neat they have to remove tokens in order to activate those special powers so we'll have to see how that plays out I don't know if it's game breaking mechanic or it's just something kind of cool to kind of do they get pretty neat powers when they um, when they activate their headline token, so uh, we'll have to wait and see how that plays out. I, I don't know if it's something that you have to prepare for that you should go after, but it's kind of a neat mechanic. I love the little cards that come with them. Now, also we have this thing called a title character. Excuse me, uh, accidentally hit something there. All right, a title character, and I've got the guy right in front of me. It's uh. The only title character in the set is number 060, Deadpool, Merc with a Mouth. Um, it's a really cool sculpt. has the actual Heroclix board with um, Tombstone, Terror, Heroclix figures on it. And, see the other guy? The attending. 
they're all on it. Looks like Deadpool's getting ready to stomp on them. If you look at Deadpool, you can actually see the Deadpool belt buckle that he has on it. It's really cool detail. <clears throat> Figure itself. <clears throat> if you just look at pure stats, he has Indomitable, and he's only 70 points, and he has 8 clicks of life, so that looks pretty good. His damage never dropped below a 2. His last two clicks have regen. He can get all the way back up to almost full health because his regen starts on click 7 with an 18 defense. But it's not the stash we want to look at. We want to look at his new mechanic, which is called the title character. Now, the card itself is huge. It's one of those fold-out cards. And it brings with him, let me see, this whole new mechanic. They have things called plot points and continuity effects and title character abilities. Now, plot points are things you need to spend to activate these title character abilities. And they're empty. They are represented by a opened black book or an open white book. Now, a closed black book is a continuity effect, which is just a trait. Now, his two continuity effects or traits are after clearing tokens, if Deadpool Merc with a Mouth activated title character ability, which are only able to activate one a turn, if he did this turn but didn't attack an opposing character this turn, deal him one un unavoidable damage. So if he activates a, a power but doesn't attack anybody, <clears throat> then he'll take damage. And then the other one is when he's KO'd, after actions resolve, give each friendly character on the map two action tokens that do not deal pushing damage. So when he dies, your entire team is stopped. I guess that's just to kind of represent the title character dying in the comic book. Everybody's like, oh no, what happened? So that seems like a heavy penalty. So I would have to see if the title character abilities are worth it. Well, his one title character ability, which is a black book, which I think the black book abilities are ones that add plot points. Now this figure starts with three plot points, so he'll start with three plot points. He can earn a plot point by using his black open book ability, which is having fingers is for weaklings. Heal Deadpool mark with a mouth up to one click. So you can take that unavoidable or at any time you can heal him up to one click. And that means he, you can heal him zero clicks, so you can add a token. Now if you don't attack it by that in that turn, you know, he'll take one unavoidable damage, but you can run into this cycle till you're ready to attack. Uh, it's a free action, so you can do it at any time, uh, and that will add plot points to him. Now, you can only activate one of these at a time, so his next um, title character ability is an open white book, and this one will cost you two points. Instead of adding points, this costs you two plot points. I'm the ultimate distraction. Opposing characters' combat values can't be increased until your next turn. So, wow, and, it, and that's huge in an important game. His ability to outs, outsiders the entire map. That means that, you know, energy shield deflection won't work. Um, RCE, close combat expert, anything that adds to any one of your stats abilities can't happen. So, he pretty much outsiders the entire team. Doesn't require a line of fire, doesn't say. It's a free action, costs him two plot points. So, if you make that choice at the right time, it can be a huge boon to your team. Now, you also have slow-mo bullet time, and this costs you six plot points. Deadpool Merc with a Mouth makes a ranged attack using improved targeting 
uh, hindering, uh, see through characters, and shoot out adjacency. Targeting each opposing character within range and line of fire. Each hit character is dealt two penetrating damage instead of normal damage. Deadpool Mark with the Mouth can use probability control during this attack. So he has the ability to shoot everybody within his range if he can get line of fire to him. The only thing that can block him will be elevated and blocking terrain. So I can't even think about a map that it would have this ability to work on, but you're looking at a 7 well, it's actually a 13 by 13 square with him in the middle. Uh, that's going to cover a lot of the map. A lot of it. And I don't know many maps that have that much open area. So let's bring it down to practical purposes. Uh, you can probably expect maybe a 3 or a 4. Well, if you position him right on some map, you can maybe get 20, 30 squares in there maybe 35, 40, and his ability to shoot all of them with two penetrating damage is huge, especially against a clustered team. If somebody loves to run a clustered team, he will hit all those characters for two each. That's a big ability. Now, you can only use one at a time, but um, his ability to do that will make for some very interesting games. I don't know if he can be a viable mana option I think my brain is really going into overtime right now on how this might work would I want to sit him in the back and let him earn tokens and pretty much get up tokens because he does have regen he can go down regen and re heal himself up too but let him earn tokens and use that outsider's ability a lot I mean it's 70 points of your team though sitting back there doing nothing or do I use him as a, an aggressive piece and I'm moving him out to get into that slow-mo bullet time? Um, I don't know. I, I, I think his practical use is going to kind of be defined over the next few uh, months. I think you can use him. I think he might find his way to the meta. It's just such a new mechanic and, and you don't know how the combination is going to work. It What you don't want is put him on a team and really try to divide make that team get to where he has a slow-mo slow bullet time, he's going to, it's going to be a little bit harder to um, get that, pull that off. And if your whole team is based around trying to pull that off, I think that's going to be a very hard feat to do. But uh, if you use him as a 70-point piece, that's kind of got the outsider's ability, it's hard to die, and he can hurt you, he might be a great secondary attack piece. He might be a, one of the better secondary attack pieces. At 70 points, you're not as a secondary attacker, he's not really eating up a lot of your force. So I don't know. I think he that mechanic should be neat to watch and see if they add that mechanic to any other any other uh, areas. You know, like do is the next set going to have a title character? Is this going to be a new mechanic they're going to put out for two or three times? I don't know. Or is this just a Deadpool? So those were the two new mechanics with it and I'm really looking forward to see how they play out. They'll probably start in casual games and as people start breaking them you might start seeing them in the meta game. Uh, the one bad thing about that Merc with a mouth, he's only got two keywords now, initiative and X factor, which means he can play with the ecstatics, but he's no no, he has X factor. 
uh, ecstatics have X Force. So he wouldn't be able to play with them on a theme team. I think he needs a name theme team so he can get the map role. I think map's more important to him than anything. So we'll just have to wait and see. Hopefully, uh, it'll be fun playing him and see what all goes on. So that's our reviews. I uh, hope you enjoyed them. And uh, go out there and check out these characters and see if you, what, how you would sit there and play with them or how you think those uh, mechanics would uh, work out. So we're going to move on to my challenge team. It is pretty awesome when you uh, get to make up teams. And uh, my challenge last time was to make a modern limited 300 point team based around a story arc. And I did choose a story arc. It's from 1987. Great time for me, it's back when I was in high school. And this is one of my favorite Spider-Man story arcs. It's the final hunt. And we started Craven, Vermin, Spider-Man, Mary Jane. And I went out there, and that seemed to be the story arc I wanted to do. And when I went out there, what was incredible is I went to Superior Foes of Spider-Man, went in that set, pulled those characters out, and found out that they equaled a 280-point team. And what's another thing that's incredible that I could add two thugs, which uh, if you remember in the storyline, Craven rescues um, Mary Jane from some thugs, and I could add those two there to equal out to 300 points. Made me think, do you think they go and put story arc teams in there, or was this just one of these uh, random flukes because I had so many Spider-Men to choose from, I was able to make this team at 300. I personally just thought it was kind of neat that it was able to do it. I wasn't the characters I got were the, these all come from Superior Foes of Spider-Man. It's number 19, which is Mary Jane for 25 points. Number 49, Spider-Man. That's a hypersonic one for 100 points. Craven at 75. Vermin at 80. He's number 16. The Craven I have is 53B. I have the Prime. I don't have the super rare regular one of him, which I think is the one that would be used out of Final Hunt, but you got to use what you got to use. And then Thugs are number 5 and 005. It looks like a fun team. I'm going to pull it up right now. I had Build It. Let me see. It's pretty easy. Just go Superior Foes of Spider-Man. We can start looking at what's Mary Jane bring to the team. Mary Jane is number 19. She's uh, uncommon. She brings Perplex. And she can... Up Spider-Man's attack value if she's adjacent to it, plus one, and they can carry her around. So it would be pretty neat. Unfortunately, using Spider-Man right then with Hypersonic is probably not going to be that good, but for a range attack, it's really going to up his attack value. And the Thugs, what do they bring? Nothing more than uh, 10 points to the team, really just kind of rounding it out. Let me just pull up a Thug. Thug's going to be four clicks. Uh, building your force choose a name keyword he gets this special one always for higher when building your force choose a name keyword that at least two higher point characters on your team have Thug has that keyword this game but can't use theme team control so you could since Mary Jane is more expensive than them get the Spider-Man family so they get the bonuses from her which then would knock their attack value up to a 10 not bad. They got five range. So that's one little trick you can do with it. The Spider-Man will bring the... He should be the one that will 
do most of your damage. He's got 11 attack, 18 defense with uh, uh, willpower, 3 damage with perplex. He can, uh, he's got super strength. He's going to be able to hypersonic for the first three. He can he can't do range attacks. He also has his web marker, uh, and he ignores elevating, ignores hindering. So a lot of stuff's not going to slow him down. He can get anywhere he wants. And Craven, the Craven I got, is going to bring. If he gets KO'd for pushing damage, he goes back to click number number one. So you'd have to know where he's at, push him, and get him back to his first click. That'd be a neat little thing if somebody hits you hard enough. Then you run away, pushing him to get him all the way back up. He brings exploit weakness and probability control. He's got a pretty decent dial. Seven clicks for 75 points isn't bad. Uh, Vermin, he will bring, he's number 16. Let me look at him. He's going to bring poison, some pog stealth. He's going to bring shape change. He's going to ignore hindering train. He can put out two rat swarms, uh, when and then when vermin uses poison, you may increase the damage dealt by one for each rat swarm adjacent to vermin and the target. These rat swarms can't have used nor may have used poison this turn, turn, turn. And the rat swarms are tiny, so he could carry one of them, and that would get his poison up to two if he carried one up. Does he have sidestep? No sidestep, so... You have to start next to him. Uh, he can uh, give Vermin a free action. There are none of his Rat Swarm bystanders on the map. Place up to two Rat Swarms adjacent. So he can you can hold on to the Rat Swarms, move him up, and when he's basing the character, you can pop out the extra Rat Swarms, and in the next turn, he has poison all the way down. They could do some damage. Uh, he's 80 points. He's only one, two, three, four, five clicks. So... Looks like an interesting team. I find it neat that they have a story arc in there. Uh, competitive? No. No, I don't think this team's competitive at all. It's going to run into mobility issues. There's no carry. Uh, only carry is Spider-Man can carry Mary Jane. be fun to play. be fun to play because it's comic book accurate. It kind of follows the storyline. And be fun to take to your local venue and try it out. I would expect to get killed with this team. But I think it could surprise some people on the right map. Uh, unfortunately... I mean, on the right map, it could do it could do okay, but without them being all keyworded, it's going to be almost impossible to win map initiative. And I don't know. I I, I think it's a neat team. I'd be bringing it because it's comic book accurate. I wouldn't be bringing it because I expect it to win a lot. I, I'd have fun learning how the Spider-Man works with the Mary Jane and Vermin, and maybe look at them in other teams. But this would be a cool team to play. So that that's my challenge team, Modern Limited Team 300 points. So there's no resources. It's just straight up. It's just figures. So that might be a fun one to play. Next week's challenge is 300-point Deadpool, Deadpool only team. Can only have one version of Deadpool on the team and must be themed. So that that's going to be key. You can only have one version of Deadpool on the team and must be Themed. You have to come up with a theme team. So I, I love making up teams. So I love it when we uh, are allowed that I do this. It, it forces me to kind of look for figures and kind of use them and keep making teams and seeing how combinations might work. I think that's a great way to get better. Um, right now, looking at 
the next section, we're going to go to keeping it fresh. Scenario ideas on what can make a freshen up your game, either at your local venue or a casual game. Um, the scenario I want to go with is the pyramid team. And you said any point value, probably 400, because I think that'll work best. Each team must follow the order of common, uncommon, rare, super rare when building their team. What that means is you have to put a common on your team before you can put an uncommon on your team. And you have to have an uncommon before you can get a rare, and you have to have a rare before you get a super rare. And if you're going to put another super rare on there, you have to go through the process again. You have to do another common, uncommon, rare, and super rare. So it's, I call it a pyramid because the lowest figures, the common figures, are always equal to or greater than the ones above it. So it's creating kind of a pyramid. So you want more commons and uncommons or more or equal to as you build your team. And it higher rarities can have more figures on the team than the lower rarities. So just a neat way to kind of go out there and do a little scenario, kind of challenge your uh, building. That, that way you can get all branches of the types of figures they have out there. I don't think this is great for a scenario game at your local venue because it's just so hard to describe. I don't know the players, if they're on the wind network, will be able to go, okay, I understand what this build is. However, it's great for a home game. Okay, you, can, you, you have to have a common, uncommon, rare, and super rare. And if you want to put another one of each one of those on, you have to do the common first and uncommon. Just kind of build your team that way. Just kind of a pyramid team. So that's a neat little scenario. You might want to try it out with a friend. Uh, 400 points probably work best because that allows you to get a variety of figures. allow you to kind of go run with some common figures, some uncommon figures, some rare figures, super rare figures, and kind of play with how they distribute the figures throughout the booster because I'm starting to see teams have a common, uncommon, rare, and super rare version for each team. Like the Ecstatics, they had that. They had a common, uncommon, rare, and super rare person for the team. So it'd be, it'd be neat to kind of Put those together and just see how it does. All right. So that's our keeping it fresh. If you have an idea for a scenario or something you like to play at home that you'd like to share with everybody, please just email us on that. Um, email your comments and questions to lostinclicks at gmail.com or contact me on AC Realms under the ID of Colossus TN. Like our Facebook page. You can search on Facebook by typing in at HeroClicks Borderlands. That's all one word. At HeroClicks Borderlands. Please rate and review the podcast under iTunes. Shout out to Breaking 40 again on podcast downloads. That's three weeks in a row. We're actually stuck at 49. We almost hit 50 again. We've had 50 in one episode. Thanks to everyone for listening. Love hearing from you. Call out. Uh, still want to hear from you if you attended a winter WKO. Love to talk to you about it. Love, guys. Currently email me. Jesse, thanks for your input and uh, letting me know, you know, about some problems I had on my podcast. Michael, love you reaching out from Puerto Rico. Love your idea. Next week, we're probably going to take his idea. Michael wanted me to talk about the Joker's Wild versus Deadpool and how it might affect the menace. So that's probably going to be our topic for next week. And Nicholas, love hearing from you. Hopefully your casual games went well and the sealed game went well. I'm still waiting on mine. So if you can, you know, email me. Love to talk to you. Love to even talk about maybe having you having some ideas of yours on the show. Uh, if you went to Winterwreck WKO, love to talk to you. Love to uh, communicate everything back. Love to hear scenario suggestions and your team challenge ideas. Keep having fun, keep rolling the dice, and keep coming up with double sixes. Talk to y'all later. Bye.